0: I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that, can you dig it, can, can, Another episode of Can You Dig It? A podcast by Silver Screen and Roll, an SB Nation Lakers community. You can find us over at silverscreenandroll.com or on social at Lakers SBN. You can find me on social at Rad Rivas. I am Christian Rivas. and with me, as always, is Mister Grant Goldberg or at Grant Goldberg on Twitter. Grant, I know it's uh, a few days late, but Merry Christmas! I hope you enjoyed your holiday. Uh, what, what did you do on Christmas Day other than watch the Lakers absolutely thwomp on the Golden State Warriors? Uh, I mean, just like any normal person, I you know, hoped
1: for you know, family time, gifts, and also a Lakers win over the Warriors, which I thought was probably the most outlandish thing <laughs> out, of the, out of the group. But uh I, I got all of it and it was a super great Christmas. Obviously the Lakers won. They throttled the Warriors. That's I think it's a perfect world word throttled. And uh right now we're <laughs> recording this before uh the day before the Lakers play the Kings. So I'm preparing like Lebron does, like Kyle Kuzma does now. <laughs> I'm drinking a bottle of wine before the game. It's red wine, so you know that you no know, I'm I'm tapped in I'm I'm just like any of the good <laughs> Lakers players and I'm I'm preparing the right way. So uh uh how
0: are you preparing, Christian? Uh I'm preparing like uh probably Luke Walton does and just watching videos on my phone. I I don't know. I don't know what Luke does. Seems like a chill guy. <laughs> um and uh but the the Lakers didn't just beat the Warriors. they They smashed them and with LeBron James only playing like four minutes of the third quarter in the second half. So I thought it was a really impressive win. Obviously, you're not going to get, you know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson shooting a combined like three of 11 from behind the arc every night. But um, I, I think we'd be remiss to not credit the fact that the Lakers played decent defense on them and you know while they they missed some open shots a lot of the shots were contested and uh, I mean credit the the coaching staff for sticking to the game plan and really pulling that one out a, a statement game as much as it can be in December dude i i don't i don't
1: know what happened but and and this is completely separate from the lakers and and it's more about the warriors who the hell told Clay Thompson to just totally change his shot selection and yeah. only shoot contested uh, mid-range jumpers? Maybe like, he worked out with Kobe like Jason Tatum did. I don't I I hope he did. I hope that he <laughs> did. But, you know, that was, you know, one of the things that I noticed first and foremost that, you know, the Warriors shot selection, I mean, aside from KD and and Steph Curry who I think, you know, just by the, the shooters that they are really can't take a bad shot. Clay Thompson took some horrible shots. Draymond Green should not be shooting a three right now. Yeah. <laughs> um and, and it's been said before, yeah uh Pete uh Laker Film Room even said it that you know ever since somebody said that it looks like Draymond Green's wearing a backpack while he's shooting <laughs> Nobody can unsee it, and yeah, you know, it's does. the only—it's the only thing I can think about now. <laughs> and if if somebody already hadn't done it, I would have photoshopped not one but probably several backpacks onto Jeremy <laughs> Green and like uh, heavy backpack, heavy like like full of like. Science and math books, you know, those are the heaviest ones. And so, like, I, but seriously, um, you know, all the credit to the Lakers for the defense that they played because they're tough shots for a reason. But, uh, I I, I think the Warriors definitely helped the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors definitely helped the Lakers' case in that scenario.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I, what was probably most encouraging to me is how well the young guys played. And I, I tweeted from from our account that, you know, the one thing that's been consistent with Brandon Ingram his entire career is the fact that he gets up for these games against Kevin Durant. I mean, you saw it when they played the Warriors that he just has an extra pep in his step well, either when he's guarding Durant or going up against him. Um, you know, he's made it no secret that that's a player he looked up to growing up, probably because they have similar tarantula arms and legs. But um, it's, it's really cool to see... You know, the young guys, especially guys like Lonzo and Ingram, uh, show a little emotion and really get into the game. And that's that's what was most exciting for me. Um, and obviously, we, we can't talk about the Lakers lately without talking about Ibiza Zubat, who's played absolutely out of his mind in the past three games. Uh, and, and to put into perspective how, how crazy it's been, uh, over his last three games, in all three of his starts, He's averaged seventeen point seven points, on seventy eight point one percent shooting from the field, eight point seven rebounds, and two point seven blocks, including like, I'm not just talking about the ball stops in mid air blocks. I'm talking swats on yeah. Julius Randle, Draymond Green. You know, I I, I saw a tweet yesterday that said uh, Draymond thinks he can get. Through Prime Shack, but he can't even get through Ivica Zubats. But I mean, Prime Shack and Zubots are, are one in the same right now. They're playing. They're playing. Zubots is playing pretty well.
1: No, dude, I had a tweet
0: uh, with uh,
1: a Shack dunk and a, oh, a Zubots dunk, and said Shack walks, so Zubots can fly, <laughs> and but or or run. But yeah. you know the way Zubots is playing, really. I mean, especially with JaVale, with his pneumonia and, and and Tyson Chandler with his back spasms, uh, they need it more than ever. Especially with, with Mo Wagner, uh, his development taking a little bit longer than Lakers fans are, would like. Um, mm-hmm. Just him being able to step back into the role. It seems like every year Zubats has a stretch of play where he looks like a decent, ad- above replacement level player for the Lakers. To me, it's if he can sustain it, because we've seen these stretches where, you know, he has this hyper-efficient game, he has a couple blocks defensively, and he runs the floor well, but we haven't seen him put it together for a long stretch of time. That's where I'm looking at, but it, it, that's not to say I'm not appreciating what he's doing right now, mm-hmm. because um, especially with how he looked in the preseason, how uh, he looked in, in just early stretches uh, when he wasn't really getting any minutes... Uh, this is just a completely different player. Um, I I don't know if it's contract year Zubats, but <laughs> we're we're definitely seeing a player that you know knows it's either time to contribute or he's gonna have to look for work elsewhere. Um, and I think it's in- indicative of you know these you know big time matchups too. I mean, he had to go against Anthony Davis. He had to go against the Warriors. Uh, we that talked Marcus about. Hall. Yeah, and Marcus all, and that was probably the biggest comparison for him through his rookie year, through his second year, and Mm. just the style of play that he has. And so, you know, we we talked about Zubat's playing well. We talked about the Lakers' young guys getting up for these games. Um, I I think being able to do that against the Warriors, we've seen Lonzo Ball do it, uh, Brandon Ingram do it, like we've said. I, I don't know if I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself in saying this, but... I think personally, that's big for a seven-game series, being yeah, able to you know step up, you know when the lights the brightest against the best opponent, you know that's when you need to step up, and they've shown the ability to do that uh, four games a year in the regular season against this team, uh, and then we've seen uh, like Lonzo Ball uh, take you know take the head in in a couple other games, Brandon Ingram do it separately, Kyle Kuzma mm-hmm. do it against the Spurs. Uh, most famously, and you know, there's these there's these players in the Lakers team, these young guys that you know are able to do it, you know, every now and then. But to to have them do it consistently against a team the caliber of the Warriors, it always it doesn't always translate to a win. And that was mostly you know the sample sizes last year in the four games that they played. But you add in LeBron James and add in a healthy LeBron James, you know that's a completely different factor, and that's what puts them you know, above the edge. You, I mean, you have LeBron James against any team, you're gonna have a chance. But you mm-hmm. have a team that's contributing around him, that's gonna help you so much in a seven game series. And I think that's a, a little bit underrated in in you know my mind. You no, know, compared to nationally against these you know Warriors types, the Rocket types. And, and of course, it's, I'm getting ahead of myself in saying that because the Lakers haven't made the playoffs in five years. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're on track to make the playoffs. They're on track to, uh, you know, face off against these high-caliber teams. And, and having these players contribute, you know, game-to-game game against these big-name opponents is going to help, especially having LeBron in the fold. Granted, he's healthy.
0: Yeah, and I think the—to me, and I think Tyson Chandler said it, is that— it's hard to gauge this team's ceiling, both good and bad, uh, because of that young core, because, because of the guys that are still developing. Cause I went, I was writing a story today and I found out that Zubats is the same age as Lonzo ball, Brandon Ingram, Mo Wagner and Shvi Makai Luke. Like he's still really, really young. He was one of the youngest players in the draft that year. And, um, you know as as the season continues he's going to continue trending upward I mean his development's going to continue as he keeps getting reps because um you look at his rookie season when he got those starts uh towards the end of the season he granted it was on a bad team and he was putting up big numbers but I think it's kind of a mental game with him that once he's put into that starting role once he's given that job uh, he owns up to it I mean he knows what he has to do in that position and so far he's delivered he's played really really well I'm excited um, to see what's next for him and that but the Lakers kind of have a good problem on their hands because Zubats is providing good minutes but they also have JaVale McGee, who they signed to a one-year veterans minimum this summer and who has also had a career year with the Lakers, and they have Tyson Chandler, uh, who they use that open roster spot on. So Luke's going to have to find a way to play all three of those big guys, uh, which is weird because you know most teams are going small and the Lakers just keep getting bigger, and it's worked for them. Yeah, and and you know, I think if it comes down to it and, and whether to
1: start javel or zubats i still think probably starting javel suits the lakers Mm -hmm. best just because he's shown that he can do it consistently at at, i'm not going to say a super high level but you know i had a higher level than we've seen him do it before in in mcgee and so just because we know we have that consistency the sustainability for it uh we know his fit with the lineup um I, I think Javale gets the nod right there, but you know what we've seen out of Zubats is encouraging. We've seen it not only with the first unit but the second unit as well. And so it's not so much like the Tyler, uh, Tyson Chandler fit where you know you'd like to see Tyson with the sh- second unit a little more. Zubats is a little more fluid. You can plug him and play him with any really lo- really. Uh, really both of the lineups as long as yeah. there's a playmaker on the floor mm-hmm. and so I think you know, going into the stretch with Rondo Hurt, I think it's the, the sprain of his ring finger but um, as, as long as Lonzo's on the floor with him um, even Brandon Ingram I, I think you know re- we're going to find him in these situations where he can still get in the paint and they're still going to be able to get in the ball for uh, his, his lanes, dunks, uh, he can utilize his soft touch around the rim and so as long as he's on the floor with a playmaker, I think Zubats will at, at least find some success. There's going to be times where he struggles. He's still a really young guy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably unfair for us to immediately adjust his expectations just because of these few good games. But uh, as soon as we start to see him string together these great performances, then I think we can rightfully you know, start to ramp up the
0: expectations for the young guy. I think that your point to how he can be plugged into any lineup is going to be how he gets his playing time over guys like Tyson or Javale. And uh, it, Luke even said this is probably the 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 biggest way he's going to get playing time is um, as we know Tyson Chandler's thirty six years old, even though he might not always play like it. Um, They're going to be nights where Luke's going to want to give Tyson the night off, especially if you know he's. Um, you know battling back issues uh he's he's looked a little slower in 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 recent games and if if tyson needs a few games to you know get back into shape get get back to uh full form when we get to you know pre-all-star break post-all-star break just the real dog days of the nba season um it's comforting to know that they have Ivica Zubat in that backup center position even as a third string center I mean if your third string center is a fringe starter on the team which might be a little premature considering it's only been three games but um you know if he's displayed that this season he's your third string center that's a deep team at the center position which I think the Lakers have shown is probably an underrated position in this league um, especially with the size they have So yeah. I'm excited to see what's next For Zubats. Um And I mean We'll see sky's the limit for him Yeah exactly
1: I think you know Christian when you talk About the best teams In the NBA what do they all have
0: A good Point guard
1: Well yes but they have Depth <laughs> Yeah, Depth definitely. is so important when you're making A deep run into the playoffs into the finals it's it's the depth that's really going to bring you bring you success obviously starters play extended minutes when you get into the and get into the playoffs and and deep Mm -hmm. into the playoffs because you're going to rely on those guys but you know having those guys that can give you those good you know five seven minute stretches in the games just so you know there's really no drop off in the time that the starters aren't on the floor that's huge in the finals i mean or not, in, not necessarily in the finals for the Lakers this year. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. Go with but, the finals. I, okay. I'm on board. So it,
1: it's important in the finals. I mean, this is, like, <laughs> an example that I don't really like to use, especially being a Lakers fan. But, like, we saw what a guy like Leon Poe did to the Lakers in the <laughs> yeah, finals yeah. with the Celtics. And, like... I mean, we can, we can point to guys on the Lakers. You know, Sasha Vujic hitting big shots. Lamar Odom, I mean, being a sixth man for the Lakers was, mm-hmm. you know, one of their best players. Not saying that Ibiza Zubats is that kind of player, that kind of impact off the bench. But, you know, you, you look at, you know, what he's able to do when the starters are not on the floor. Being that reliable guy uh, for those, like I said, five, seven, ten-minute stretches throughout the game. You know mm-hmm. that's that's absolutely huge for a team, and I think you know the more depth, the better. And Zubats has at least shown the ability to produce uh, with this current team, and, um, and 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 you know this is just a small note. And I think we've spent a lot of time talking about Zubats in the centers, but you know we look at you know a lot of successful teams, and and their five spot, they're able to stretch the floor. And the Lakers, you know, they they've even said it. Luke said it. Uh, Magic said it. Um, They like to operate from the inside out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that is epitomized in their, you know, center rotation. Uh, I mean, even kind of going to, you know, the people. I mean, Kyle Kuzma can shoot, but, I mean, outside of him, at the four position besides LeBron, I mean, who are you looking at that's shooting the ball?
0: Yeah, and uh, to, to, to your point, though, and this is a nice segment, a segue into our our next segment is as much as the you know can be made about the depth the Lakers have um, they did pick up a few injuries against the Golden State Warriors and LeBron James and Rajon Rondo who won't be with the team when they take on Sacramento on Thursday uh, the one position they do not have much depth at is the point guard, point guard position and outside of Rajon Rondo uh, it's Lonzo Ball and that's it. I mean Lance Stevenson can be that guy but he hasn't been. It's really hit or miss with with Lance I mean like it has been his entire career but especially this season um, there are games the Lakers really need to, to step up and be that facilitator in the second unit and he just hasn't been um, and now you're losing two of the best playmakers and Rondo and LeBron. Uh, that's going to be really, really difficult for them to compensate. Um, and I, I don't know how Luke's going to do it. Yeah, and it,
1: it's tough. Alex Caruso, obviously, I, I think last year was a little bit of a flash in the pan for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we've we seen the Lakers struggle when they're not able to put those playmakers on the floor. Um, when Ronda was out, they had LeBron and, and Lonzo kind of being on the floor, either one or the other, or both. Yeah. Um, and then Brandon Ingram obviously was out during that stretch too, and so I think we're going to be seeing kind of that you know Lonzo and Ingram on the floor, or Lonzo slash or and or Ingram on the floor. So I think you know those are obviously going to be their top two choices. Uh, one dark horse candidate, and it's a real long shot, but I'd love to see Isaac Bonga recalled yeah. from the South Bay Lakers. Absolutely. I mean, especially going up against the Sacramento team, uh, which I think is a really good test for the Lakers without LeBron, without Rondo, <laughs> uh, just just as kind of a barometer. It's one young team versus another. Both teams have taken an obvious leap. Um, obviously, the Lakers are have been more pronounced with LeBron, but I think what Sacramento is doing is is great in their own right. Um but yeah, uh, having a guy like Bonga who can who has incredible length at the point guard position, uh, really good feel and instincts for the game, just really does it all. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's a good I, I think it's a good test. It's not really throwing him into the fire. I mean Dr. and Fox is playing like a top ten point guard in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it that's been true since the start of the season. I I could even say top five. Um mm-hmm. But I, I think Bonga deserves at least a chance at least a chance for Lakers fans to see where he's at in his development because not everybody can watch South Bay Laker games. Not everybody watches those games. So mm-hmm. you know having Lakers fans see where he's at and him getting a, a taste of the NBA action because he's I mean he's been dominant in the in the G league. so you know, even to kind of level him out and, and still give him something to work towards in the NBA um giving him still this this goal that's in reach but you know it still needs to work a little bit uh more for it. i i think it'd be good for him to get some nba action so like i said it's a long shot and i think i've I've talked too much for it given how long of a shot it is for mm-hmm. isaac bonga to play but i'd really well, now, really like it like it to yeah
0: because i think uh bonga's for them to call Bonga up would make more sense than it did last time because Rondo and LeBron are going to be out, and with a guy like Bonga, who's uh, you know has the body of a point forward but plays like a point guard, um, those are kind of two boxes you're checking off with uh, the you know what he theoretically brings to the table are kind of the similar qualities that uh, Rondo and LeBron bring to the table. I'm not calling Bonga LeBron by any means, um, but he definitely, if, if they were to call somebody up, I, I could see the logic behind them bringing him up, and I'd absolutely love to see him uh, run that second unit, because as it stands, nobody can. Um, I, I think Shreem Akailuk will probably get an increase in playing time with, with uh, LeBron out, I think K- KCP will definitely get more minutes. But who do you think is going to start? What's what's the starting lineup Luke's going to roll out? Um, it, it'll be probably...
1: Whew, this is tough because I, I think there's a, a multitude of ways that Luke can, can go about this. But it'll be Lonzo, Ingram, uh, Kuzma. I think Hart slides in there. And, mm-hmm. then, and then Zubats. I, I don't think they try to rush JaVale back. Maybe they get him a few minutes this game, probably like 14 yeah. to 20. But <laughs> um, I, th- I think it'll probably be some combination of that. You can sub in uh, Hart for Josh Hart. Uh, sorry, KCP <laughs> for Josh Hart. Uh, yeah. Maybe just to be a little more realistic. But uh, especially going up against a team, like I said, as young as Sacramento, uh, it'd be really good to see the Lakers' young talent go up against them uh give them uh a, a platform uh a uh I I'm I'm not finding the word I want to use right now
0: a launching pad
1: no not a launch – a stage that they can play <laughs> on uh yeah. I mean just so they can really just display how much talent they do have um so they can embody what Josh Hart said about you know yeah it's it's LeBron's team LeBron is great everybody knows that but they've got a lot of great young talent too and so, you know, what better time to do that against another really good young team than the Sacramento
0: Kings? The crazy thing about the, you know, projected Lonzo, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and Ibiza Zubat's uh, lineup is the fact that All that talent has been accumulated in the last three years, and only two of them were lottery picks. So, I mean, I know we shout out the scouting department a lot on this podcast, but shout out to the scouting department, man. I mean, to feel comfortable as a basketball fan putting out a group of second and third year players to take on. One of the more exciting young teams in the western conference uh is is a good feeling to have and and i I feel comfortable with it if if LeBron can't go uh, for multiple games and Rondo can't go, obviously it's not ideal, but uh, i I can live with them putting that lineup out on the floor. Yeah, um and I think
1: the good thing with this lineup too and 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 the good thing with a lot of these guys. And and it's obviously not a good thing that LeBron's not playing, but a lot of the the good thing is that these guys are used to playing with each other now. Like you can mm-hmm. you can insert you know any one of these guys into any lineup that the Lakers have, and you can at least say, oh well, yeah, that makes sense. And so you know Lonzo playing next to Shvi or or you know Hart playing next to you know KCP, you know having those two guard lineups and 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 kind of. You know, putting whoever you want defensively against whoever you want, and so you know, there's there's no real lineup that you can't put out there. Besides probably, I don't know, uh, uh, Lance Svee, Beasley, um, I don't know, Tyson Chandler lineup or Mo Wagner lineup. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's just there's a lot of f- familiarity with these guys now. I think Mm -hmm. one thing Luke has done is made sure a lot of these guys have been able to share the floor with each other. So when the time comes for them to play, they're not, you know, still trying to figure out the fit with each other. So, you know, whoever they put on the floor, I think the fit is not going to look as clunky as we've seen in the past. And so I I think that's a good thing, actually, Luke has done.
0: And this is going to be a big test for Luke because obviously they don't have the depth at the point guard position to compensate for Rondo and LeBron being out. So I think this is going to be one of the bigger tests for Luke this season, having both of those guys out and finding ways to keep that second unit afloat. the because right now, if I had to guess, that second unit is, because for some reason Luke loves putting out that full five-man second unit. Um, it'll probably be Lance, KCP, Shvi, JaVale, um, and I. I don't think Michael Beasley's with the team right now. No. Obviously, I mean it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for him to be with the team. Our thoughts go out to Michael Beasley who yes, just definitely. recently lost his mother. Um, but it's that second unit worries me because even in the past few games, Rondo's been back. Even with that point guard in the second unit, uh, the fall off has been pretty evident when that second unit checks in, which wasn't the case earlier this season. So uh, I'm really interested to see what Luke does. I think he coached a very good game against the Warriors, and I hope in the face of adversity he can continue to trend upward and you know stop Lakers Twitter for coming for his head after <laughs> after a December road loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. Come on, guys. We're better than this.
1: Yeah, no, um, I don't know if Lakers Twitter is better than that. Actually, <laughs> um, and 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 we I, we talked about Luke's game against the Warriors just one more time. The Lakers, uh, the Warriors, excuse me, brought that to within three at one point yeah. in the late third quarter, and when LeBron I, checked out. Le, when LeBron checked out, like immediately, new life was breathed into the Warriors, and the Lakers didn't flinch. That's. Huge. Uh, I think yeah. at, at at that point in the game, everybody wrote off the Lakers. Everybody knew, all right. The avalanche has come. It's still coming. The Lakers mm-hmm. are going to lose by fifteen at least. Um, that didn't happen, and that's a, a sign of a tough team. Uh, one thing Magic Johnson said when you know he was talking about why they built the team the way they did is because he said you know they wanted that you know, certain toughness and a lot of that's raw, raw old school basketball talk. But I I mean, there's something Mm -hmm. out of that, I guess, like resiliency is a big thing and not being like not caving and not giving up when the lake, when the Warriors make that inevitable run in the game, the Warriors made their run and then the Lakers answered with their own run. They answered by no, what was it? A, A 15, 18 point victory. Yeah,
0: it was yeah, it was a, a twenty six point victory. Twenty six point victory.
1: <laughs> what am I saying? The Lakers were even more dominant
0: than I was saying. Yeah, and the they closed the fourth quarter. They won the fourth quarter thirty six to nineteen after losing the fourth quarter twenty six to thirty two. I mean, up until that fourth quarter, it was a it was a pretty Tight game. Or at least the end of the third quarter, the Lakers were basically in control the entire game. But were, were uh, they
1: up by nine? I think by yeah. the end of the third quarter.
0: It was that, and that was the most exciting thing about that game. Is that there were so many scenarios where they could have just fallen apart. I mean, they, it was set up like not only just a classic Warriors win, but a. a Scenario for a loss, Lakers fans know all too well, and they didn't. I mean, they did not back down. They they stole that win on the road, which I think is also an understated part of this. They were at Oracle Arena in what will be the final game ever, final Christmas game ever played at Oracle Arena. Uh, it was it was a it's really a fat fun L, game. <laughs> yeah, it's a really fat L, and uh, the Lakers. Shoot, man, give me seven games of that. Give me at least four games of that. I give mean. me 14 I I, uh, games I, of that. I don't know. <laughs> I I uh, I want to see that series. And I think if you try to talk yourself into it enough, uh, you could probably talk yourself into the Lakers being the second team, the second best team in the Western Conference uh, at their best. And, you know, this is before – they make any moves at the trade deadline, which is creeping up on us, and uh, it's uh, if if they can make a splashy move or two at the trade deadline, not involving their core pieces, which you know sounds like a pipe dream, uh, but if if they can do that, they're in real good shape going into the playoffs. And again, a little premature, but it's it's looking like it right now. Yeah, definitely. So we got a couple exciting games coming up as we mentioned the Lakers will be taking on the Sacramento Kings on Thursday in Sacramento uh Darren Fox has been playing out of his mind buddy healed despite not being the age everybody thought he was or at least the Kings thought he was uh is still a very talented young player and you know it took him a little while to get to where he is but he's playing really well uh he's probably I don't know about a top ten shooting guard in the Western Conference because it's a pretty stacked position uh, in the West. But he's definitely a very good player. Uh, I mean, I'm ex- I'm excited to see how the Lakers, you know, take them on, especially on the perimeter where we've seen Josh Hart struggle at times. Brandon Ingram's a little inconsistent with that, so um, I think it's going to be close. I think the Lakers lose in Sacramento though uh i it's a little tough for me
1: to predict this game just because we don't know how the lakers are going to look without lebron and mm-hmm. i mean mixed in with these veterans uh subbed in for the veterans head last year um to be honest i'm really just looking forward to this game just to have fun just mm-hmm. to kind of see where the young guys are at and so I'm not really looking for a win loss, but you know, that's not the point of this segment of the show. <laughs> um I'm gonna say they win in, in Sacramento. Uh it's gonna be a close game, but I think the Lakers will pull away at the end of the game. Um De'Aaron Fox will have a pretty good game. Lonzo Ball, I think, will show up. I think he I think he'll probably try to get up for that game as well, just because mm. of all the Lonzo uh and Fox, and Fox Talks yeah and so no i think i think the lakers can do it here's what i'll say whoever wins the first game loses the
0: second game between the teams. i i completely agree i was i was just going to say that cuz they do see the kings again on sunday this time at staples center and lebron's listed as day to day but if i had a guess um Judging by Doctor Barr or at what's his what's his name on Silver Screen and Roll at CB Three Performance, yeah, um, his his breakdowns are invaluable. Like they are so helpful, uh, and he's a really nice addition to the team. But uh, from what Doctor Barr said, he's probably going to be out for roughly five to six days. Uh, so I don't anticipate him being back. and But I, I have the Lakers winning that game. No. Uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, though, because I have one game between that. And it's at home in Staples Center against the visiting Clippers, uh, which, of course, is ironic because they share the same stadium.
1: Yeah. Um, that's one matchup I've been looking forward to probably since probably like five games into the year. The Clippers have a very interesting and very, very fun team. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of exciting back-and-forth basketball. Whether or not... I I, I don't know. Uh, This is going to be a game that really hinges on how they look against the Kings the first time around. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's see. I, I want to pick the Lakers, but I think maybe it's a trap game and they get blown out by the Clippers. That's just the feeling I have. But, you know, one thing's for sure, and and this is before we started talking about the Clippers, uh, just to simplify the whole LeBron being out thing, LeBron, at this point in his career, almost 34 years old, has no reason to play against the Sacramento Kings. Like, yeah. I mean, not, I mean, not to poke fun at the Kings, but I mean, we could always poke fun at the Kings. <laughs> uh, they've made an incredible leap this year, considering the franchise that they've been for the past 10. Um, he has no reason to play against them. And so I don't rush LeBron back. Let him take his time. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think the young guys will operate with that kind of sense of urgency, that sense of pride to, you know, to keep the team playing the the way they played against the Warriors and so I think we'll see a lot of inspired efforts, but uh, I don't know. I think I think maybe they'll try to get too big for the britches, and it might end up you know biting them in the rear end when they play the Clippers. I don't know. It's just a gut feeling that I have. Um, I know it's hard to pick a blowout in in the NBA. Yeah. It's it's just kind of like a, a shot in the dark. Um, I, I I think it's a very winnable game for the Lakers. It's just a feeling that I have.
0: I agree with you that. In the sense that they're probably talented enough to sink these games and climb their way out of it, but in the same breath, the difference between the tenth seed and the fourth seed in the Western Conference right now is two games, and the Clippers and the Lakers have the same exact record in the Western Conference. So, uh, not that you know, there's any, there's such thing as a must-win game. In December in the NBA, but uh, they could fall from grace pretty fastly if they don't get at least one of these games. Um, I have them losing against the Clippers as well. I think the Clippers are a really scrappy team uh, with really exciting scorers and Tobias Harris and Lou Williams. And uh, what I'm looking forward to, though, even even with the knowledge that I think they, they might lose, uh, is that we get to see Boban Marjanovic and Ivica Zubac go head-to-head. Two of the best centers in the league going head to head for one night only. It's um, it's a, it's gonna be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and Lou Williams gets to come home. I mean, even though he plays in that arena, right? Night. Yeah. Um, what? Well, but I I, I I think about the Clippers
1: too, and 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 not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's good. I, I think you know, and I, I'm not trying to say this as like you know a backhanded statement to the Clippers. But, you know, obviously the Lakers are, you know, the foremost team in Los Angeles sports ever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the Clippers being in the position that they are, kind of the second fiddle team, that's always made them, and it's especially true this year, and I think that's why we're seeing them play so well. They're the team in Los Angeles that has nothing to lose and everything to gain, and that's really what makes a team dangerous and they always play like that. I mean, when you have a guy like Lou Williams, that's the epitome of that. Uh, <laughs> that's why we see him go off in the fourth quarter every game he plays in. And so I, I think that's just a dangerous team. Now, will, I mean, will it translate to playoff success? I don't know. But at least in the regular season with a, a team just with the the upside and, and just the cohesiveness and mm-hmm. the scrappiness that the, cli- that the Clippers have, I think – you know, Lou will embodies the nothing to lose, everything to gain. Uh, Montrezl Harrell uh, really embraces the scrappiness and and has, he's been great. He's been absolutely fantastic. I don't think the Lakers have an uh, an answer for that uh, mm-hmm. defensively. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a really fun game. That's all I know. Um, I, I mean, it could be a fun game. It it wouldn't be fun to see the Lakers get blown out, which I think might happen. But uh, the Clippers are a fun team, so I think they should, I mean, Lakers fans should look out for some fun basketball being played throughout this three-game stretch, not just the Clippers game, not just the first Kings game, but also the second Kings game. Um, just, I, I think we should really look forward to this to this stretch just to see, you know, where the young guys are at and, and how they can shoulder the load if LeBron might need rest during this uh, second half of the season that's coming up after the All-Star break, too.
0: My final prediction is, and I'm going to say this, obviously hoping I'm wrong, but I see them going one and two over this three-game span. Which is okay. Mm -hmm. Perfectly acceptable. I, I think so, too. All right, guys. Well, that was another episode of Can You Dig It in the Books. Thank you so much for listening, as always. This would not be possible without all of you guys listening. And Grant, I don't know if you knew this, but... Uh, last week's episode with JBA Woj, Jacob Rude was our most listened to episode, so uh, we're only, we're gonna try to keep getting better every week I think we're doing a pretty okay job, and if you think we're doing a pretty okay job head on over to iTunes, leave a review, uh, give us a five star rating if you think it's worth that and otherwise we will see you all next week when the new year is is upon us Hello!